Hi, I'm Bjorn Roberts. I'm Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Singer-Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Holmes Delivery Podcast. and gentlemen and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast, a long overdue return um, for us. We are back to talk about the squad announcement ahead of the games against Finland on the 3rd of September away and against Bulgaria on the 6th of September at home. I am joined as ever by Ruth. Hello Ruth, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm sat in a car park in a little town called Estacada in Oregon between between the size of this ludicrous truck that we have and my headphones, <laughs> you can imagine the looks I'm getting. Uh, no more weird than normal, to be fair, by your standards. Be fair. I, I, I don't <laughs> think many you. people know it's too much different. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be back. Things haven't changed. Uh, <laughs> so um, we're going to go through and talk about the game, uh, the squad. Sorry, we're going to talk about um, a few of your questions. So thank you very much for sending the questions in. And we're going to talk about inclusions, exclusions and a few other things besides um i will start ruth uh, with you what are your just uh, initial thoughts on the squad I, I think it's interesting it's the it's the sort of the cheating number of having 26 or 27 players which which gigs has done yeah. lately because it it does that that the number does enable you to not make a few key decisions which i i think to be honest is particularly sensible uh given the circumstances this time around um, a few interesting inclusions, a few interesting exclusions, to be honest. But I don't think there's really that many surprises in the squad overall. No, generally speaking, I agree with you. I think, as as is often the way on the on the edges of things, there's a lot to talk about. But I think there's no massive surprises in terms of the the main bulk of the squad. Of course, there's going to be a few notable uh, absentees, which we will talk about, and a few notable inclusions. But I think the majority of it is kind of par for the course I suppose you would say um I've had a as I say a lot of kind of responses from people on Twitter so thank you very much for that there's a lot of people saying how exciting a squad it is to have so much depth um and it's kind of difficult to argue with that I suppose um the first thing I want to talk about are the main inclusions not the surprise inclusions I I, I wouldn't say but people like Cabango, Nico Williams uh, and Ash it's it's good to have those in the squad, I think, and I think it's great that Cabango is in there. I think Gareth McCann has tweeted us and, and, and kind of hammered home the point that playing in the Welsh Premier League isn't a hindrance, and uh, he's obviously managed to grow playing for them, so it's great for the for Welsh football in general that he's played in the Welsh Premier and now 18 months or so later is, is playing in the first-team squad. No, I mean, I think we've talked often, haven't we, about how... Um it would be good to see relationships between some of our professional teams and the and the uh, Cymru Premiership teams. And, and Cabango is a is a manifestation of, of when that uh, liaison and, and arrangement and loans have really have really worked. Um, I think the fact that you know we've got some key injuries in, in the centre backs has obviously perhaps opened up a space that might not have been there um, under. Uh, under circumstances where Rodden and Meppen would could both be included, but um, I think, given how he was playing, particularly in those last few games for for the Swans, only a matter of a, a few weeks ago, I think it's a, it's a relatively easy decision to to push him up into this squad. Yeah, I agree. I think with with Meppen and Rodden both missing, 
Um, I, I do think that he was kind of an, a natural shoe-in for, for that. I don't want to diminish the achievement, but I, it was going to happen. The one I am surprised about is James Lawrence. Um, I, you know, he, he wasn't in for any of our games after, I think, the Croatia game. Um, maybe he played in the Hungary game as well, actually, now I'm thinking about it, but the Hungary away game. But he's not featured for Wales really since then. So I am a bit surprised to see him come back in. Um um, and I think someone has uh, asked us a question on this. Does this kind of worry about the quality of our centre-backs a little bit um, with Mepham and Rodden being out with injuries? That's uh, Cornel Canton, um, who have asked us that on, on, on Twitter. What do you think about that? I mean, I think any any country that loses what I think is starting to look like our, our starting centre-back pair is going to be in trouble and you're going to have depth questions. But actually, we've got you know, four in this squad. We, we'll probably talk about James Chester a little later, so maybe five. Um, so actually, you're perming from seven. We've, we've got two clear, probably, favourites for the starting position, but you're perming from seven, maybe more. I don't think that's actually a bad position, all things considered. No, 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 I, I don't disagree. I would just wonder about, in terms of quality, I mean, I, th- I think there's enough numbers there, but I think looking at, you know, Cabango's a bit inexperienced, Ash is, you know, on the way down, if, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Chester is in a similar situation. He played a bit for Stoke, obviously, at the end of the year, but he's um, still sort of recovering from injury to an extent. And again, you could kind of make the argument that he's on his way down. Um, so I do kind of worry a little bit about the depth, but I suppose it is rare. I, I say that even though we are in the situation now, but it is relatively rare, I guess, that you're going to be in a situation where your first two centre-backs are injured. I mean, it, realistically, James Lawrence, probably Ashley Williams, aren't going to be kind of contending for a starting role, are they? Yeah, those two might be the ones that perhaps ultimately don't make future squads. Um, if Giggs is looking for a pattern of, of carrying four centre-backs as, as a standard in the squad, which seems sensible, uh, then I think there's going to be some harder decisions once Rodden and Mepham are, are, are back playing. But I think uh, Williams and Lawrence, you know, might might be the two that don't make it next time. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with that. Um, may, Ash has got a bit more of a chance, I think, uh, given his experience and everything. But I, I think Lawrence is that was very much the one on the edge in terms of you know whether he would make a twenty-three or not. Um, yeah, it would leave you with a. You're, you're writing that it would leave you with a very young, a young group, wouldn't it? So it, you know maybe he's there for that reason. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, we've also been asked by Redwall News: Do we think Nico Williams will start the game, or if he is there uh, for cover? I mean, you, it's a weird one that, in a, in a way, he's perhaps our third choice right back. You could make the argument when he when he's probably also playing at the highest level as well. It's a bit of a strange one. Would he start for you? I don't think he'd start. No, I I, I can I can see it just being a Connor Roberts. Ben Davies combination as as we've tended to go with recently, but I I think he's included. I think he'll play at some point, um, because really there's only Guns and him to provide any sort of cover for those two, isn't there? So I'm sure he'll get on at some point. Yeah, I agree. I think in the two games, I think he'll play. If nothing else, just to cap him. I I don't think there's any argument that he will stick with Wales anyway. But I think that will that is a part of it, perhaps. Um, I don't think he'll start either game. But I mean, if you're Chris Gunter, maybe he's kind of being shunted down to our third choice right back now, which is uh, I know and will be a, undoubtedly an upsetting uh, situation for you. But um, 
But Nico's versatile enough. You could shove him on the left if you need if you needed to in the last ten minutes of a game. You know. Yeah, I would agree with you there, and I think that is probably why Ben Davis is the only left back in the squad. Um, Ross on Twitter has asked us if we're surprised there's only one left back in the squad, and I, I would, I, I would make the argument that because Nico can play on the left as, as a left back, that is why there's no other left backs dedicated left backs in the squad other than Ben Davis, obviously. Um, but uh, we'll we'll come on to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Looking at the the squad a bit further through, obviously we've talked a lot about the the defenders there. Um, obviously Hal is included again after he's stated that he wants to play. Were you surprised that he got in? And we'll get to Doidge in in a bit more detail soon. But are you surprised he got in, especially over Doidge? That's what surprises me. Yes, um, not that Hal's you know the quality of his his play, particularly at parts of last season with with West Brom, certainly warrants a place. Um, on, you know, just in and of itself, but. Um, I was really surprised he got the nod over Deutsch, and I think I think Deutsch has every right to be quite disgruntled. It's difficult to see what the poor lad could be doing more at the minute to gain a call up. Yeah, I mean you've got to you've got to wonder what he would have to do. We'll, we will come back onto Deutsch in a sec. I agree with you about Hal. I think he deserves his place to be in there. I I would have picked him, and if the Euros were this summer, I would have taken him as well. But um, I I do think Deutsch is unlucky. But again, we'll we'll come back to that. One of the other the other interesting ones for me was Dylan Levitt is in the squad over Robbie Burton. Um, I know they're not kind of direct. Uh, competitors in terms of playing position, perhaps. But I personally, I was surprised at that um, purely because Levitt isn't playing senior football, whereas Robbie Burton is, albeit uh, friendlies. Um, and I think that there comes a time when he needs gigs needs perhaps to start looking at some of these other players. Now I know they're in the twenty ones, and it's you know he needs to get a balance. He can't chuck everyone in, and that is also depriving the twenty ones of players. But I was surprised that that pick was was the other way round. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I think it might just be a, a matter of he he feels he knows Levitt's play a little bit more just just from his you know obvious connection with with Manchester United. It is it's a weird one. To me, um, you know, maybe maybe the situation with the 21s, which we keep denuding, um, they're the, it's the only age group that game that's going on at the minute, isn't it? Maybe it was just like we, we, we there's only so many of these under 21 players we can strip out of this of this team and give them any kind of any kind of chance. And perhaps if he knew he was never really going to play Burton in these games, it, it made more sense to to let him stay with the 21s. Yeah, that's true. Although I would, I would, you could make the same argument with Levitt as well. Is, is Levitt going to, yeah. given all the players in that type of position, is Levitt going to play there, or and is that also an opportunity for Deutsch to to have been the the, the other person in the squad? Um, you, you're probably right. I think he prefers him because of um, his Man United connections, and he probably feels he knows a little bit more about him. Um, it's worth pointing out that Robbie Burton and Ben Woodburn are both with the under twenty ones. Um, I think. That's a good decision for for Ben Woodburn, to be honest. I know he's been around the senior squad, but I think he'll kind of take a lot to the twenty ones uh, ahead of the game against Bosnia. Um, and there's a couple of other kind of players who um, 
kind of notable, I thought. Cameron Cox is is with the 21s. Regan Poole is there. Uh, Liam Cullen. There's a few uh, around and about there. And, and um, Brennan Johnson as well, who are very much up and coming, I would say. Maybe not Regan Poole up and coming so much more anymore, but there's still a, a quality number of players in that squad, I think. Agreed. You forget how young Regan Paul is in particular. He seems to have been on the circuit, as it were, for so long. Um, but, you know, they've got a real chance in that game, the under-21s, and I'd, I'd hate to see them stripped of it for the sake of a couple of players literally just being with the, with the, with the main squad for the sake of being with the main squad. I, th- I think there's, you know, there's points where... You have to be strategic and it, you know, having good outcomes for that under 21 squad is a building block in itself. And I, I do think there's a an argument for not for not stripping them of their assets, perhaps quite as liberally as we may have done in the past. No, I think that's uh, I think that's a very fair point um, to continue moving forward. We've talked about a few there who have missed out Um I'll just go very quickly by Tom La- Tom, uh, Tom Lawrence. I wouldn't have picked him. I don't want him in the squad, and uh, it's not. I've seen a few other people mention on Twitter that he's not been men- uh, not been involved. But for me, I don't want him involved, and I, I don't think we'll miss him particularly. I can't, I can't disagree with the, your premise that you don't want him involved. I do find it interesting that he's been omitted um, at this point when he wasn't admitted from squads um, at the height of the you know the. Uh, the terrible situation at Derby last season. Um, but it, you look at the strengths we have in ac- across the midfield and, it, you know, it's difficult to, to justify his inclusion really, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that uh, the sign that Levitt and whether it would have been him or Burton, again, I, I know they're not similar players, but I think that's the sort of kind of the changeable, one of the changeable spots in the squad. And I think by picking a younger player uh, who will learn from the experience kind of, shows which way Giggs is thinking and I think it could be the the end uh, for, for Tom Lawrence which I'm not overly heartbroken about um, Sam Vokes is another one that's interesting on that kind of area Chris Roderick has asked is this the end for Sam Vokes and it's hard it's hard to think that it's not um, to a large extent at, at least in the short term when you're, when you're thinking there you've got Tyler Roberts who I for me is a surprise inclusion to an extent I, w- I wouldn't have picked him um, especially over when you've got Doidge scoring goals and and is playing competitive football at the minute, I would have I wouldn't have picked uh, Tyler Roberts myself. But it, you've got to ask a lot there. Is it the end for Vokes? And I, I think barring some sort of miraculous season this season, I think in terms of him being a regular inclusion in the Wales squad, I think it may well be the end. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we we talked quite a lot. Oh God, months ago about you know, a, a trio of strikers and what kind of weighting that you'd want between their skill sets. And there isn't an obvious Kiefer Moore kind of substitute within the squad that Giggs has chosen. So the the reasoning we had for kind of keeping Vokes involved was more that he you know he provided you some depth coverage for the way that Kiefer Moore plays and you could make an argument that Doidge's play is you know is an he's an aerial threat kind of um target man in 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 a similar way um so I find it interesting that that Giggs has has chosen neither of them to provide that kind of backup 
uh, number nine role that Moore is currently currently playing. Um, I do think at the minute that given Deutsch is playing and he's playing well, you'd probably pick him ahead of folks anyway. Um, so I think I, I do think this is a you know it's a, a bit of a red flag for for Sam in in terms of the importance of the coming season and and hopefully he can he can make a difference at Stoke and they have a a better season for a host of reasons for a host of our players and um, and he can you know he can actually put some pressure on the squad again. I think Giggs's thinking is maybe that Hal will be a, a more replacement if if that sort of type of player is needed. I think he thinks Hal can probably play two roles. He can be the hold-up man if he needs to because he has played a bit more with his back to goal for West Brom um, last season. And equally, if that isn't the case, he's got someone who can do what Hal used to do, kind of run the channels, um, be a threat. And he's got a varied kind of player who, like Tyler Roberts who can play a little bit deeper as well. So I think that that's probably his, his logic. I, I, yeah, no, I can I can see that. If you look at the three of them, you've got three quite potentially quite different styles of play between the three of them, haven't you? Which again has pluses and minuses. You know, are you looking for depth? If if you have a style of play, a style of play, then you're looking for depth players to reflect that style of play, aren't you? If you're taking a more sort of pragmatic, I want to be able to vary things approach then this trio gives you some variety. So I'm a little, you know, it's a, it's another question about kind of quite which route the, the coaching team are going down. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they're very much going to stick with what has, has kind of been successful, uh, kind of getting us across the line in terms of the Euros. But I do wonder if, if that's the right way. I mean, especially for a, for a squad, I guess he's picked 26 and he could have picked more, but kind of what's the point? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder, for me, about about Tyler Roberts personally. I, I, I'm not sure what he brings. We don't need someone to be the drop deep type player because if we if we're looking for that, we've got three players who can do that in the squad anyway. Um, yeah. I, I I'm a bit I don't know. For me, he's 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 he'd be behind Doidge, um and probably Vokes to be honest. Maybe not Vokes actually, but uh, on a par with Vokes. So I am, I am a bit surprised at his inclusion if he's that kind of other player because he hasn't scored for Wales. I don't really feel like he's looked like scoring for Wales. So for me personally, I, I, I wouldn't have taken Tyler Roberts there. But um, yeah, as we regularly show on this podcast, I am got a bloody clue what I'm talking about most of the time. So. <laughs> um, speaking of those older players, obviously Chester's not in the squad. Um, Dylan is one of the people who asks why has he been left out and of course there's no Neil Taylor either um, you know we've talked about votes is this the end of the old guard a little bit um, on the basis that those kind of four more experienced players have dropped out especially in the case of Neil Taylor where there's only one left back in the squad I think he's the mo- perhaps the most interesting one of, of, of that group that um, you know he he seems the most needed perhaps in that sense, just in terms of coverage within the way the squad is sitting at the minute. Um, I don't think he was helped by when he was involved with the squad last year and actually, and actually played a little bit, the, the way that he was asked to play by gigs and how we were playing at that moment. He didn't have, he didn't, the style he was asked to contribute didn't do him any favours in terms of being able to show what he can do. And I 
don't think that has helped kind of cement anything for him as far as Giggs's view of his play goes. Um, I, I see your point about, you know, some of those, um, what we might think of as the Euro 16 stalwarts kind of being moved out. But I, I think that's been that's been the pattern since Giggs came in. I don't think there's anything different, particularly in this squad in that regard. Chester, I think if he has a good season and manages to stay fit and, and you know, starts Stoker starting to, you know, be active at the top of the of the league and that sort of thing. And I think he might be knocking on the door. Um, I think, sorry to just interrupt But that, I think that's the extent of it, really. Yeah, I, I think with Chester, it's an interesting one because he did get, obviously, recovered from injury and he did play relatively well when he... Uh, was playing for for Stoke toward the end of the season. And I do think that he's perhaps on the cusp there to an extent because Giggs knows what he's capable of. There's no point giving him a run out for the sake of it. He probably feels like Chester needs the extra preseason, um, perhaps with Stoke and to embed with his new teammates. He knows what he's capable of. So maybe there's a, perhaps a conversation has been had there. Um, as to as for Chester, so that Giggs knows that he's capable if he has a good run, and Chester's probably on the on on board with that because he needs a full preseason. It's probably the first time he's had a full preseason for a while, so maybe that's a big part of that as well. Um, because I mean, you know, we've talked there about centre backs, and like Darren Lewis has asked, who will start as the centre backs? Do we think we'll stick with a four? I mean, realistically, Chester's not going to be part of that four at the back, is he? We're, I would say he's possibly fourth or fifth on the list. Mm-hmm. I'd still have a head against uh, James Lawrence just to go back to that, but still, he's, you know, he is a bit further down that list. So I, I don't really think he was going to start. So I wonder if Giggs has thought, what's the point? I, I can see that. I, in fact, you know, perhaps uh, Chester himself even said, you know, right now I'd be better off concentrating on preseason. I can, I can imagine that. Um, but um, you know, Ashley's without a club at the minute. Maybe ultimately. Chester comes in as your kind of depth experience man if if nothing happens for Ashley or or there's a delay in the same sort of way as there was last year. Yeah, no, that's very possible. Um, I think there's a lot of... I mean, with this squad being the way it is, there's a lot of speculation, I guess, that's yeah. going to happen. It's the first one for a while. And so who who knows is basically our answer <laughs> to that question, which is not over. But it helpful. won't stop us talking mm, about oh, it. Oh, exactly. What, nor should it. Um the big talking point, obviously, we mentioned it briefly there, is, is Doidge. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of responses on Twitter about that, so thanks for that. Um, Alex Rowan said that he's fuming that Christian Doidge hasn't been called up. He's the most informed striker at the moment, and he's not even travelling. What's that all about? Um, which is very true. Turf Creative has, has suggested maybe Doidge playing in Scotland is counting against him. Um I mean, we're obviously surprised. I think that's our. I think I speak for both of us when I say that those are our thoughts on the situation. I mean, the two big questions for me are: was this his best chance of a call-up, and what do you think he has to do for Giggs to pick him? I do think it was his best chance of a call-up, and I think Giggs has been quite vocal about choosing players who are playing and are, you know, are active and and seeing game time. I mean, I think he's had to be a bit pragmatic about that as well, because so many of our starters are actually, you know, bench warming for their clubs. So in some respects, he has had to roll back 
from that. But initially, at least, he was, you know, very, uh, very pro the idea that people had to be playing. And, and it was one of his justifications for keeping Ash out of a squad at one point. Um, so on that basis, everything should be going for Deutsch at the minute. He's playing. He's playing well. He's having competitive games. He's, you know, he's delivering in terms of scoring goals. You know, it's difficult to see what else he could be doing. And I think that's why it's such a surprise that he's not in this squad. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think this is not his best chance of a call-up yet because I do think he's still in form and I, he's, it's just the start of the Scottish season. So I think if he is going to keep scoring and playing the way, the way he is, then he is going to keep knocking on that door. I do wonder what else he has to do, though. Like you, you mentioned people playing regularly there. Tyler Roberts was playing regularly at the end of the, of the season and, and Howell was kind of in and out. Kiefer Moore obviously had a very good end to the season. I can only think that he doesn't he feels he doesn't need him in that area in terms of the way we're going to play I think he's more of a he is capable of doing the hold-up play but he's more of a, a fox in the box type player I, I think from mm-hmm. what I've seen of him of late and whereas Moore is happy perhaps to be a bit selfless with his back to goal and kind of uh, contribute in a different way I think maybe he thinks that Doidge is is just a goal scorer which is a ridiculous problem to have but <laughs> Um, that's the only really thing I can think of. So I, I am, I'm very surprised. I'm disappointed for Doidge. As, as you mentioned in your blog, it's his birthday today. So in the unlikely event that you listen, uh, Christian, happy birthday. But I do wonder what else he has to do. Um, he can't, I mean, he's going to struggle to keep scoring the way he's scoring and not kind of get put in the squad. He's, he's done so well. So I, I don't know. I, I do really feel for him, and I do, and I do wonder what else he kind of needs to do. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a shame, really. And I just, I don't know. It, the only kind of devil's advocate thing I can think of is that Giggs doesn't want to take him away from playing regularly for his club to maybe sit on the bench. Maybe he's had a word with him and said, "Look, you are in my plans. This game's come a bit soon for you. I don't want to, you know, break your form for your club. You're playing well." Um, you should stay with them, get a bit of extra fitness. I mean, I'm, I'm sure this probably isn't true, but I, I, I'm just trying to be devil's advocate, I guess. Uh, that um, that doesn't wash with me because you could you could make that case for all, all you know. Everybody, in some respects, would be better off staying in preseason with their clubs right now, just in terms of their own kind of preparations, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, I'd. I'd uh, I don't know. There was a there was a point you made. Someone on Twitter had asked about whether being in Scotland is working against him. I mean, at the minute, it should be working for him because it's competitive games. But I do ultimately wonder whether there is something in that um, that Giggs doesn't value those goals and quite doesn't count them quite the same as people scoring in some other leagues. I, I don't know. I, I, it's a weird one though because I mean you think I know what you're saying and again I know we're being kind of devil's advocate but it's hard to find the argument that Tyler Roberts not scoring for Leeds mm. is is better somehow than someone who is scoring in, in the Scottish Premiership I, and I get the argument about the level is it worse than the Championship I don't know I, I don't know I, I think it's um, it's a shame for him I think it's a shame it's a good story it's a shame for the Welsh Premier League um, mm. As well, the Cymru Premier. Sorry, in terms of in terms of exposure for them, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I do think it's a I do think it's a big shame. Just to just to move to move on a little bit. Um, 
overall, we've kind of talked about the squad and there's a few kind of interesting questions we've had related to that. So I'll, I'll kind of ask a couple of quick questions as we go. Red One News has asked how excited we are to have Di Brooks back. I think that's kind of a no-brainer, really. I think we're all <laughs> very excited by that news and I'm sure you are too. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what that means for for the starting eleven, actually, won't it? Yeah, I agree. I think if he's fit, I think he probably needs game time um, at the moment, and I think he will. He's mo- he's he's likely to start. I I would say I, it's probably going to be between him and and Harry Wilson. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of glad for him. Um, to be back playing off he, he's had a he's, it's been a while since he's been able to play for Wales and just play in general because of an ankle injury so I'm glad that he's uh, he's back um, Hal Spindler has asked do we think Giggs is getting too familiar with a single squad and just making a few changes here and there uh, he thinks that Giggs should have experimented more and given some call-ups to other players that we have discussed do you think that's fair I, I i can see where hal is coming from there i would i would just say i think it gets to a point with probably 26 players in a squad where there's possibly only so much you can do when there's many more players than that in terms of what what training is like and what games can be like and kind of how well structured things could be is that is that fair do you think yeah i mean i think at the minute as well clubs are des- kind of they're always desperate for people not to, to be called up for international windows, aren't they? But I think at the minute they're particularly, uh, would particularly yeah. rather keep players back uh, than release them. And I, and I know they formally have to, but you know, if someone is on on the cusp and it's a discussion about how purposeful it is, I can imagine the the, the clubs being sort of perhaps a little bit more like, oh, wouldn't he be better staying with us? Um, I do think that we have to take these nations leagues games. Seriously, I mean, I think we've got seeding for the World Cup qualifications coming up in November. So these these next few games can can impact our seeding for that. Um, There's a very convoluted backdoor route into the World Cup playoffs, actually, through the Nations Leagues. And we can't we can't ignore that. Um, But I think the seeding is that is the most important part of this. And we don't want to go into competitive games too experimentally. That was the point I was going to make as well, actually, is that obviously it's affecting, it will affect the seedings um, mm-hmm. looking forward to the qualifiers. But also, let's not forget, we've got the England game coming up and Ruth has a blog coming out about that soon. Um, but we also have, there's a potential apparently of a, of a game against the USA that was cancelled um, in June, that being rescheduled for November time, I think. So I think maybe Giggs is thinking, if we get these two right, we get off to a good start. We're top of the group. That boosts our seeding for the World Cup qualifiers. Then I know I've got two friendlies coming up um, and a game against Northern Ireland. We've obviously played them three million times recently. So I think he knows what he has to do to win that game. So maybe those are the games where he thinks... Um, he can be a bit more experimental. He doesn't have to do that straight away. And that, that obviously also gives players chance to find form and fitness. So uh, that would be my argument there is that I, I think he's got one eye on the World Cup qualifier seedings, but also another eye on what is coming up um, kind of a little bit further down the road where I do think we'll have a bigger squad. And I do think maybe that is the time where Doidge, if he's still scoring goals, might get a bit of a look in just on the basis that... Um, there's going to be a lot of games in a, in a short space of time, really. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do think there's a, a whole question about the shoehorning these three, potentially three games into the windows, assuming that these, these friendlies have to happen. Um, 
and that immediately means you're looking at a, a you know perming from perming from more players i think given like for example the schedule in the october window we're playing three internationals in six days all of them away um you've, you've got to have some squad um flexibility and some squad depth to to be able to pull that off Oh, absolutely. This is Welsh football. You know, again, are we surprised about Doidge? I guess maybe that is the only thing kind of looking a bit further down the line that would take away the majority of our surprises that he perhaps will be used when we have those more games in a in a, in a condensed period of time is the only thing I can think of, really. Um, Niall Hout, Houtley, Houtley, I think I've said that right. I apologise, Niall, if I haven't. Um, this is a, a, a strong squad and... He is asking, with the exception of Allen and Mepham, is this as close to our strongest squad that we could get? What do you think? I'd add Rodden to that to that list as well. Very true. Um, I think beyond that, you're probably just arguing on the fringes, aren't you? You're arguing about whether it's Levitt or Burton. You're arguing about whether it's James Chester or... Sorry, James Lawrence or James Chester. You're, you know, you're is it Tyler Roberts or, or Christian Doidge? You're, you're arguing about what actually ultimately might be some of the sacrifices when you need to drop it down to 23 names. Um, so I think fundamentally this is, this is probably as, as strong as we've got. I would, I would question whether the goalkeeping is, I don't think we've got any options, but I, I think most most play most positions on the pitch we've got some genuine talent and some genuine questions about depth provision i think the goalkeeping still remains a bit of a a worry area um at the minute when it's still looking like we're going to have limited play for for what have recently been our one and two adam davies is probably making a case that he might might be number 2 right now yeah, I mean, I, I would make that argument very strongly. And I think whilst Hennessy doesn't deserve to lose his place in the squad um, in any way, it, be, it becomes an argument soon if the season ended the way, starts the way it ended, sorry, that that he maybe does become our number one just on the basis that Hennessy hasn't really played any, you know, many competitive games. I mean, in the league, you could you could probably argue for about 18 months now, but I feel like this is a this is a story for another podcast. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree, but to go back to the question about the strongest squad, I, th- I think certainly it's, you know, apart from the three key injuries that we're juggling at the minute, and those are three key players. I don't think we can pretend that being down... Rodham, Meppen and Allen is not serious for us. Um, but those those three aside, I think, you know, like I said, I think you're arguing on the edges. Yeah, I agree. And Paul from the puzzle company has said a similar thing. Um, it is going to be difficult to kind of whittle it down for the to the 23 for the squad for the Euros. As, as, as Paul said, it's a nice problem for gigs to have, I suppose. When you think that, as you said there, there's a squad of 26, there's only one left back in it. There's no Meppen, Rodden. Alan, uh, and then there's others on the fringe. Your Woodburns, Doidge. Um, so it's interesting to see, you know, moving forward how he gets down to the 23 to have, as we have so many, uh, so, so many players involved. Um, yeah. So I think in terms of your questions and our thoughts, I think that is pretty much all we uh, all we've got here. I uh, I don't know about you, Ruth, but I'm very much looking forward to the two games. I, I can't wait. It's I mean. Uh, 10 months without international football just 
it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been a big hole in, in our lives. <laughs> um, so I, I think like the whole of the Red Wall, we're just we're all desperate just to actually enjoy some enjoy some football. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it will. We'll do a full kind of pre-match preview for the for the two games uh, in the in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. I think it'll be great to see players playing again, especially your Bales of the world, who's obviously been falling asleep on a on a bench in Madrid for for too long for our for our for our problems. Um, I think obviously we want to see people like Hennessy getting game time. It'll be interesting to see the centre back pairings, and hopefully Cabango makes his debut. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see who plays in midfield. Obviously, Ampadu hasn't had much much game time uh, at club level for a long time, but. Obviously, he's in this squad. Matondo is is in there. Johnny Williams, who's now back in uh, League One, is in there. Um, there really are kind of a lot of players and a lot of questions to be asked uh, and answered in the next coming game. So I think it's safe to say we're very much looking forward to it. Yeah, there will certainly be a, a lot to talk about if we start to look at the specifics of the, the team to run out against Finland and Bulgaria. Well, there you go. The good news is, Ruth, that I will, of course, be asking you for predictions in your starting 11. So... <laughs> Don't say you weren't warned. Oh, great! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm determined not to drop that side of our podcast just to kill what just to kill one more minute. I will say that when I looked back at our predictions um, for uh, last season, just gone, I did have uh, the Nomads winning the the Cymru Premier, so I'm, I'm I'm very much claiming that. However, I also said that I thought Newport would go up uh, automatically. I said that Wrexham would be there or thereabouts. Um, for the automatics in the playoffs, um, and I said Swansea had finished mid-table. So, uh, for every one win I did have, I, uh, I I also had a miss. I did say Cardiff would get into the the playoffs and be there or thereabouts as well. So I, I wasn't I wasn't a million miles away, I suppose. But uh, we're not maybe we're not as bad as, at predictions as we uh, as we let, let lead ourselves to believe. No, no, we are hopeless. There's no two doubts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you are, ladies and gentlemen. On that uh, on that disappointing note, we will end. Um, thank you for listening. It is great to be back podcasting. We hope to have many more of these, obviously, in the in the coming months. Now, football is is back on a regular basis. We're going to have a preview. We're going to have a, a blog going out on um, the Welsh Football Fans website every other Sunday morning. So keep an eye out for that. Ruth has got one coming up this Sunday about the England uh, friendly. We also will be doing a get like a, a podcast review in the two matches as well. So hopefully um, we are back with a, uh, a Ben Cabango. That was very good. I just thought of that at the top of my head. Um, and uh, we... Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> the worst thing is I've not even had a beer. Um, we, uh, yeah, so we will be back very, very soon with more. And obviously that will continue throughout the rest of the season. So thank you for your time, Ruth. Very, very good to talk to you again about football. Yeah. It was good to catch up. And uh, yes, thanks for listening, ladies and gents. We will be in touch soon. Enjoy your week. Goodbye.